G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. The organising team of the National Day of Prayer and Fasting believe that it is a crucial time for the church in Australia to unite for the cause of marriage and the future of our children and their children. Developments of last week or so have made it very clear that we are in a David and Goliath struggle for the preservation of marriage in Australia. Well, last week, the Australian Catholic Marriage and Family Council called for an historic month of prayer and fasting across the nation from the 1st through to the 31st of October. Now, that's a significant commitment, a month of prayer and fasting for marriage in Australia. Well, retired Commissioner James Condon is a former head of the Salvation Army Eastern Territory in Australia. He's now part of the organising team for the National Day of Prayer and Fasting and is joining us through this coming hour. Hello, James Condon. Welcome along to 2020. Good morning, Neil. Uh, Great to be with you. James, we've got lots to talk about when it comes to the issues of prayer, a month-long prayer and fasting challenge there for Australians to be on their knees with regard to marriage in Australia. But before we get into that conversation, there is another pressing need to get your insights. And I was shocked and uh, and surprised when I heard the news yesterday too, and in a short conversation with you where you shared uh, what had happened uh, with the uh, the incident that happened with Major Jeff Friend, who was ministering in Malawi in Africa after being attacked on Saturday. Uh, I mentioned a little earlier, and it did. It was breaking news yesterday that Major Jeff Friend had died in Africa. And uh, I just wanted to uh, get your insights into what has happened there and perhaps uh, your thoughts on, on the loss of such a, a great minister of the gospel from the Salvation Army. Yes, uh, a very sad, uh, tragic loss of a wonderful man of God who was so committed to the sharing of the gospel of Jesus Christ, not just in Australia where he had served, but uh, he had travelled extensively throughout Southeast Asia and Africa. And then, uh, as I say, tragically, last week uh, while he was in Malawi, as part of his current preaching tour, He was attacked while walking down the street and he suffered serious injuries and was uh, taken through to Johannesburg, South Africa, to hospital. And then uh, the sad news came through of his death on Wednesday. He was there on a five-week solo preaching tour in Malawi uh, in eastern Africa, uh, attacked while walking from his hotel to some nearby shops do we know, has there been any light shed on, on that attack? Do you know much about that at all? No, I don't. Um, there's very little information at this stage about exactly what happened. I haven't picked up on any news about uh, the details of what happened. 
And, of course, he was placed into an induced coma at a Johannesburg hospital. He died yeah. on Wednesday, and the family, no doubt, are uh, are coming to grips with that. Are you familiar with how the family is faring? Yes. Um, uh, Jeff was married to Lynn, and uh, they had four sons, and Jeff's parents uh, are still alive as well. So uh, the impact has been uh, significant on them, but they are people of faith and people of hope. And um, we, as the their Salvation Army family and their Christian family, are praying that the God of all comfort will just carry them during this part of the journey as they grieve, as they grieve the loss of their loved ones. How significant is this going to be, James, uh, for the Salvation Army right across Australia, uh, hearing this news of uh, one of your ministers of the gospel uh, struck down there in Africa? Yes, it's uh, certainly a huge loss for the Salvation Army uh, he was, and a huge loss for the community. I was uh, following on Facebook uh, Channel 7 News from Western Australia and the amazing number of community people who came onto their Facebook page and commented because, yes, he was a minister of the gospel with the Salvation Army, but uh, he was a sporting coach. He was always out there in what we call the hotel ministry. He loved meeting people, engaging with people. He was a great identity for the gospel in the community. So his loss will be felt, yes, by the Salvation Army, but by the community where he has served over recent years as well. A much-loved and, and highly respected officer of the Salvation Army. Uh, he wrote, he wrote uh, three books, and uh, those books have impacted many. Uh, just share with you the title of the three books, Enjoy the Journey, Thank You for the Journey, and A Great Journey. And all the monies he raised through the sale of those books are uh, he gave to overseas projects, and particularly in Africa, supporting Salvation Army hospitals in Zimbabwe and Zambia. Yeah, so a, a great man of God who will be remembered for his faithful witness to Christ and the gospel. Uh, no doubt those titles that he's written, those books, will be in demand. I imagine people get a hold of them from... Uh, uh, the Salvation Army, uh, is there a web store where people can actually access those? Because no doubt there'll be some people wanting to uh, read his thoughts, uh, having uh, having heard of this news. Oh, yes, definitely uh, through Salvationist Supplies, as we call it. Uh, yeah, enjoy the journey. Thank you for the journey and the great journey. Yes. Now, before we get into the issues to do with the prayer during the month of October... Uh, let me just uh, touch on, before we before we do that, uh, the mission of the Salvation Army. Salvation Army is so uh, wonderfully and beautifully established in so many nations around the world. Your work in Australia is just uh, dynamic by the way that uh, you're working with the homeless, with the aged, with so many different sections of society uh, in addictions and all sorts of things like that. Uh, when you hear of uh, a hero of faith, uh, like Mr. Friend, uh, there is a challenge there, isn't there? For those who perhaps have not been wearing the uniform for a while, maybe they've uh, lost contact with the Salvation Army to reconnect again. What's your encouragement, James, for people who uh, who ought to be back in the uniform and doing good work for the Salvation Army? 
Yes, um, God uses all circumstances of life and uh, certainly as I've reflected on the loss of Jeff, I, I prayed that God will use his death, his promotion to glory, as we say in the Salvation Army, that God will use this uh, to touch the lives of people. I've mentioned his strong connection with the community and no doubt when the funeral service is held, there'll be many from the community who will attend and uh, yes, many who once were with the Salvation Army and wearing the uniform who will also attend. So uh, I pray that uh, his death will speak to those outside the church and uh, speak to the prodigals and speak to those who need to get back to where God wants them to be. Now, he was based in Western Australia. Uh, yes. His death there in Africa, I, I'm assuming that his body will be brought back to Australia. There'll be uh, probably a private family uh, funeral and then, then a public memorial that will go beyond that. Uh, I imagine that'll be a big deal in the Salvation Army. Oh, yes, and um, I, I don't know any details of what will happen, but uh, certainly there will be a big, uh, significant celebration of his life with thanksgiving to God, Yeah. Well, let's move forward, and I want to invite our listeners, if you'd like to participate in our conversation today, our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316, 1-800-316-316. James Condon is our guest. He's retired commissioner of the Salvation Army Eastern Territory in Australia and uh, is now involved with the National Day of Prayer and Fasting. Uh, James, the call to prayer in October, uh, can you explain for us how that's all come about and how we, you know, be preparing ourselves to become involved? Yes, um, Warwick Marsh, who uh, heads up National Day of Prayer and Fasting, um, became aware of the Roman Catholic Church's call to its people, to its parishes, uh, to have a month of prayer and fasting during October for families. And so um, Warwick spoke with me and uh, suggested we have a teleconference with church leaders who we could get together and talk about uh, how um, we could uh, work with the Roman Catholic Church, indeed join with the Roman Catholic Church in their month of uh, prayer and fasting. So uh, last Thursday... Uh, the 15th, the first teleconference was held and there was very good support for that. Um, Bishop Michael Kennedy uh, of the Roman Catholic Church, who's the Bishop Delegate for Marriage and Family, he was part of the teleconference. And then yesterday, uh, Thursday, we had a second teleconference and there is very strong endorsement from a wide cross-section of churches, national prayer groups, groups of intercessors, uh, to join our Catholic brothers and sisters in a month of prayer and fasting for marriage and for families. Do you have with you a list of those churches that were involved in that teleconference? Because no doubt there'll be listeners who'll be thinking, I wonder if my denomination is involved. Uh, can you... Can you shed any light on uh, those who might have been a part of that teleconference? Yes, I can, uh, but uh, it's an un, uh, uncorrected list at the moment. This, the, the list I'll give you is definite, 
but I'm just waiting to receive the minutes of yesterday's meeting because I wouldn't want to miss anybody out. But as I already mentioned, it's an, initi an initiative of the Roman Catholic Church, but the Sydney Anglican Diocese, the Baptist Church, the Uniting Church Confessing Congregations, the Salvation Army, the Lutheran, the Seventh-day Adventist Church, and various Pentecostal groupings across Australia, and uh, various national prayer groups uh, across Australia. They're the main ones that I can remember from our discussions yesterday, but I just reiterate, I am waiting on the minutes of the meeting, so I wouldn't want to leave anybody out. No, you wouldn't want to leave anyone out, and uh, and uh, for those listeners who are feeling like, oh, I didn't hear my church mentioned, uh, particularly if you're in a Pentecostal church, you might be grouped under a big group of Pentecostal churches that might have been represented there, and there might be some other groups, and there's an encouragement there, isn't there, just to be in touch with your local church minister and see if they are able to confirm whether your church denomination might be involved in the prayer and fasting through the month of October. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. This is 2020 on Vision Christian Radio. It's Neil with you. Our special guest this hour is James Condon, retired commissioner of the Salvation Army Eastern Territory. He's now part of an organising committee that is pushing the thrust towards Christian believers right around Australia from a huge cross-section of denominations taking time through the month of October to pray for families and with the specific focus on marriage and families here in Australia. Uh, James, you mentioned it's an initiative of the Catholic Church and uh, with a teleconference of all of those wonderful churches that are going to be involved in it, uh, it really just demonstrates one thing that's particularly important here that the marriage issue has united Christians uh, who might ordinarily have some criticisms and uh, arguments and discussions between one another over finer points of Christian doctrine, but there is something in this issue of marriage that has united church leaders and therefore ought to unite Christians uh, to become uh, one when it comes to this issue. There was a real sense of excitement yesterday on the teleconference um, I and many others feel uh, something like this has never happened before in the history of the nation, where so many different Christian denominations and prayer groups and intercessor groups have come together to pray as one with the focus on marriage and families. And uh, why, why say about a sense of excitement at the end of the teleconference, um, we prayed together. I don't know for how long, not just a minute or two. It, it could have been 20, 25 minutes. We prayed together as part of our teleconference. And there is this real sense of excitement that God is doing something here and bringing the churches together uh, in this month of prayer and fasting for marriage and families. Yes. And hey. we just uh, trust God to do what he wants to do as we pray. Now, it's interesting just to reflect for a moment that God is doing something here, and you get the sense of that as a leader. 
and other leaders clearly have that sense that God is doing something too. Uh, There is a sense that some might be trembling in their boots saying, oh, isn't this a a big, bad, ugly campaign that's just going to steamroll over the the churches and uh, don't the churches sort of feel weak and insipid and uh, and feeling like somehow or other, you know, the homosexual lobby is just going to uh, run roughshod over the church. But uh, it's interesting to come to this perspective and your reflection important because you're uh, you're saying God is doing something. This is not a time to be afraid, but to actually look and see what the Lord will do. Oh, look, there is no doubt this is a spiritual battle. Spiritual warfare is very real. And um, we talked about that yesterday and talked about Ephesians 6. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. Uh, evil forces in the dark world. We're very, very mindful of that, but also very mindful that we are on the winning side. We humble ourselves before God, so we don't say that with a sense of pride we're on the winning side, but um, greater is he that is within us than he that is within the world. But I, I, I think we all need to remind ourselves this is a spiritual battle. Yeah. Exciting that churches are coming together as one. And sometimes uh, when you've got an initiative like this, uh, you might think that uh, in pride there might be jostling for position. It sounds to me, as I hear you reflecting on this, that there's a real humility that's happening right across the board with all of these denominational leaders. And uh, you mentioned that it was uh, initially a Catholic initiative. Uh, in uh, some times gone by, uh, there might have been some that said, oh, it's a Catholic initiative. We don't do Catholic initiatives. We do Protestant initiatives. But there That's certainly right. seems to be to be a, re- a real humility there that says uh, this is a big enough issue. We need to put differences aside and humble ourselves and be one. Oh, yes. And uh, Bishop Michael said to us that when the uh, Catholic Church put together the material, their plan was to share it with other Christian churches. So we've very much uh, taken the initiative on that through the National Day of Prayer and Fasting with Warwick Marsh and myself as the co-coordinator of the National Day of Prayer and Fasting. And um, I'm sure the listeners will be interested to know too that the Catholic Church has said to us that we can take the material that they have produced and adapt it. They're asking that we don't change it so it doesn't lose its true essence but we can adapt it to our various denominations for example if you looked at the prayers they're very catholic but um, they can be adapted and what we and what uh, the national day and prayer and fasting are doing organization is doing is also producing a daily devotional that will go out uh, to be used by those who want to use it uh, during the month of prayer and fasting as well Uh, Now, there'll no doubt be a link on a website. Uh, It may be premature to say that the website is up and functioning. Uh, Is that coming soon? Yeah, it will be next week, and uh, it will be through the National Day of Prayer and Fasting website. Okay, so uh, just remember National Day of Prayer and Fasting. When you Google that, you'll be able to link with what's happening for the prayer initiative in the month of October. Uh, All these denominations participating... And if look, if I'm reflecting on the Catholic Church and uh, my knowledge of what happens in the Catholic Church, uh, they don't do things half-heartedly. 
and they are very, very well organised. And I'm sure the Salvation Army is too, James, But and lots of denominations are. But uh, there is a sense here that it, this won't be something that's half-baked. When it hits the website, uh, when the initiative gets underway, this is something that very, very dedicated people will go with by, by way of uh, absolute dedication for the month of October. Oh, absolutely. And if you think about the strength of the uh, Roman Catholic Church in Australia, um, that's huge. And I, I, I would anticipate never before in the history of this nation will be so many people focused on prayer and fasting and for such a vital issue in the history of our nation, marriage and family. I want to invite our listeners to join in our conversation today as you're hearing actually what I think are sobering words uh, from one of our nation's church leaders, now statesman leader, James Condon, retired commissioner of the Salvation Army Eastern Territory, when we talk about something like this, of this level of importance that hasn't happened in our history, you might like to be a part of our conversation, contribute your thoughts on that particular level of engagement that is uh, about to happen with a whole month of prayer and fasting with churches across all of these major denominations united together seeking God on behalf of Australian marriages and family. Our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. That's 1-800-316-316. James, you are renowned to be a man of prayer. I know you have a rigid prayer regime. How important is it for you when it comes to uh, being on your knees with a focus like this? A little bit of my history. Um, Well, I'm I'm 67 years of age now, uh, so I've lived a bit of life and seen a bit of life across Australia. I've served uh, with the Salvation Army in the United Kingdom and in Papua New Guinea, as well as my homeland of Australia here. But there was a real turning point in my life in relation to prayer Uh, in the late 1980s. Some listeners would recall uh, Peter Wagner. Uh, Peter Wagner was uh, from Fuller Theological Seminary uh, in the USA, came to Australia to teach on church growth, and I went to study at Fuller Theological Seminary. But um, later, Peter started to write and teach about prayer, And that was a real turning point for me. Yes, I was a Christian who had my daily prayer time, but I wanted to go deeper with God and deeper in prayer. And um, just as the disciples said to Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray, I kept praying, Lord, teach me to pray, take me deeper in prayer. So that was almost 30 years ago, a real turning point in my life. And um, so I began to take prayer retreats throughout the year, and particularly in January, I always began the new year with a three- or four-day prayer retreat waiting on God. So that's been very much a part of who I am. For a long time, a long, long time, many decades, I've prayed for revival in this nation. I, I love the name, the great south land of the Holy Spirit, and... Um, the name for our nation, and I continue to pray and be passionate about prayer. I've been a long-time believer in Second Chronicles 7.14. 
if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sins and heal their land. I, I've preached on that. I've emphasized that. I've pushed that. And I, this is why I'm excited about uh, the month of prayer and fasting for marriage and families and where it will lead. I don't believe this will be the last churches coming together as one to pray, putting aside, as you've said, Neil, putting aside our differences, etc., coming together as one to pray. And I just feel we're on the verge of something great here. Oftentimes we are driven to our knees in a time of personal crisis. When we talk about crisis, uh, there is a sense that, uh, you know, we feel compelled to pray when we're going through something personally. Uh, to actually take that to a new level and recognise a corporate level crisis, uh, there's a need to be a little bit objective here, isn't there? Because uh, while some people who will be listening to our conversation now will say, well, I'm not in the middle of this crisis. Uh, now I've got to take responsibility for a corporate crisis that's being, uh, that's being thrust upon the nation at this time. Is there a correlation between this idea of, uh, of responding in crisis, do you think, James? I do think that, yes, I wish that wasn't the case, but I think that you're right in uh, summing it up in that way. But let me also say, I believe uh, never before has there been a time when Christians in Australia need to stand up and be counted for what they believe. We're at an interesting time in the history of Australia as a nation, and um uh, my heart just longs, you know, okay, I'm Salvation Army for our own people, to stand up and be counted for what we believe and fight, fight, fight for what we should be fighting for. Uh, James, uh, a couple of callers uh, waiting on the line. Why don't we take uh, a couple of calls before we continue our conversation? Let's hear from Mark in New South Wales. Hello, Mark. Welcome along to 2020. G'day. How you going? Very well, Mark. What are your thoughts? Um, I am greatly encouraged. I just had to uh, call and, um, you know, all this uh, attack on marriage and our children or the, the whole bit has been uh, very, uh, very discouraging. But my prayers over the last couple of months, uh, at least, have been revving up that uh, on my prayers have been, Lord, have the whole church fall on their knees, you know, Catholics, Protestants, uh, you know, all the denominations unite uh, to, to seek your faith uh, together on this. And I'm just, uh, it encourages me that, uh, James, that you, you know, your, your prayers over the, you know, your, your prayer life, uh, it's, it's, it's a great encouragement. Mark, great thoughts. Uh, your response, uh, James? Thank you, Mark. I, I heard what you said about revving up your prayers, and that's exactly what we've got to do. We've got to rev up our prayers. And, yeah, it is very exciting. Uh, thank you for your encouragement about the way the churches are coming together and getting on our knees before God. That's about uh, humbling ourselves before God and coming before Him 
as one. Yeah, thank you, Mark. Thank you to Mark from New South Wales. Uh, You can be a part of this conversation, 1-800-316-316. Let's hear from Graham in Tasmania. Hello, Graham. Welcome along. Thank you very much. You know, our people and our nations, God says that the nations I give you the governments and the leaders that you deserve. Now, we have turned away from God over many periods of time. We have elected people, and this is what we've got down the road. You know, Canada has elected somebody over there, and they've brought in bestiality and made it legal. Uh, How much further can we become corrupt? We may pray for it. We need to pray for the strength of repentance for people, and to strengthen us to go through this. Graham, always cautious uh, when we start to align some things that are very, very distasteful. But uh, a response from James? Uh, I certainly identify with the call for repentance as a nation, as a church. Um, just, uh, I, know I was going to say, is this, it's not a side issue, but um, my first attendance at the National Day of Prayer and Fasting uh, was in uh, February 2015. Um, Warwick Marsh contacted me at the time because uh, I'd always wanted to get there, but um, he contacted me and I said, yes, it's in my diary, I'd like to be there. And as I was thinking about it, um, I, I believe the Holy Spirit led me and I said to uh, Warwick, Warwick, I'd like us to see on the National Day of Prayer and Fasting a time of repentance from the churches in relation to the abuse of children that happened, including in our own denomination, the Salvation Army. So Warwick said to me, all right, you organise it. So I did, and that was a, a great... He gave me an hour on the, on the Sunday afternoon in the Great Hall of Parliament House in Canberra, and I organised a time of repentance for the abuse of children. And um, we had the Catholic bishop, Anglican bishop, um, Donna Crouch from Hillsong and myself, and uh, we took part in that segment. And I had a gentleman by the name of Mark Stiles. He'd been in a Salvation Army children's home, and uh, I'd met him at the Royal Commission when I was here uh, appearing before the Royal Commission. And um, he's now a Christian and uh, a wonderful man of God, he told his story, and then I had, as part of the planning of that segment, I felt that I should wash his feet as a sign of humility and love. Anyway, the other church leaders asked me if they should, could also participate, so they all took part in the foot washing. But I felt so strongly about the need for the church to repent, and for, to repent for abuse and yes, I brought my dear brother, I identify with you. I, it's part of me, that something that I feel very strongly about, the need to repent before we see the blessing of God on the nation. Thank you so much, Graham, from Tasmania for your input. one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. Let's continue to take uh, some more calls. Uh, Robin is calling from Cabramatta in Sydney. Hello, Robin. Welcome along. Oh, hello, Neil. Look, yes, I think this is a great idea, getting together like this. It's, 
uh, not too soon. But I also would like to, um, I've stressed this before in many ways when I've rung up, that it's not just, you know, we're not just praying about marriage, but we're standing up. This nation is under judgment, definitely under judgment. This sodomy thing is, you know, Jesus said, or the Word of God says it's an abomination, and it would be part of the last day um, thing. So we really need to stand up for it because because the nation is under judgment. If it doesn't, if, if, that, if sodomy becomes part of the culture, I tremble. I really tremble for this country. It's, and a tsunami has been prophesied for the east coast of Australia. I don't know whether you know about that, but it has been said it will happen. Various people have seen it. And that's part of the judgment, I think. And it was, it's going to affect this nation, the, the East Coast, in a uh, Robin, uh, some challenging way. thoughts in the things you're sharing there. Uh, a response from James Condon. Uh, Robin, you know, as I look at the nation, I see what I sometimes describe as the increasing darkness, the advance of evil, um, Yes, I pray for our nation, I pray for our politicians, and uh, as a previous caller said, it's off-quoted, we get what we deserve, Um, but God is a God of mercy, and uh, we cry out to him, we repent of our failings as a church and as the people of God, and uh, seek his forgiveness and his blessing. Thank you so much, Robin from Cabramatta in Sydney. Before we take any more calls, uh, let me just ask you about the way that the entire month of October will be structured because I mentioned that there's really, really great planning that comes oftentimes uh, when the Catholic Church is involved in an event like this and uh, they will have things uh, right down to uh, every last minute accounted for if uh, my understanding of the way that Catholics organise things goes. Uh, you've mentioned repentance, James. No doubt that will be a part of what will happen over the four weeks in October, but uh, what sort of other structure are you aware of uh, in the way that the, the prayer uh, vigil, the prayer uh, prayer and fasting will unfold? Yes, Neil. Well, um, as we mentioned previously earlier on in our time together, um, the National Day of Prayer and Fasting website will have resources up next week. Uh, We do apologise that uh, October is close, but we only became aware of it uh, about 10 days ago, so we've been working hard to get things organised. There will be a a daily devotional, and then uh, the resources as produced by the Catholic Church will be there on the website. So the first Sunday, the 2nd of October, uh, the prayer focus is for the flourishing of marriages and families in Australia. The second Sunday, the 9th of October, is for the strengthening of marriages and families in distress. Uh, The third Sunday, 16th of October, uh, prayer for all persons who experience same-sex attraction or gender uncertainty and their families. And then the focus of the final week the Sunday the 23rd 
is for a respectful and fair national discussion on marriage and an outcome that preserves God's plan for marriage. And that, I'm sure you'll agree, agree Neil, in uh, light of events during this past week, is a very important prayer topic for a respectful and fair national discussion on marriage. Um, well, it hasn't been that way this week. It hasn't been that that, that way this week, and uh, wow, I'm just uh, I'm excited about the focus of the way that the month will unfold, and undoubtedly through the month of October, uh, we'll be giving some attention so that listeners can be aware of what is coming up uh, for the weekend, so that can be uh, disseminated through churches, and uh, yeah, so, so that, that the prayer. That, that's just the, the what the Catholic. Um, material is saying and then for each Sunday uh, they have a written prayer uh, that can be read but as I mentioned earlier on in the program too uh, people can take those prayers and make them their own in suitable for their own denomination um, as long as they contain the uh, essential message of what the uh, Catholic Church wanted in relation to uh, the focus of that particular week. The other thing I think it's important to say that I haven't said yet, um, and I just remembered one other denomination too, and also I should have mentioned that, because sure. I had a discussion with Father Mansour. Uh, he's the Secretary of the New South Wales Ecumenical Council um, about uh, getting the Orthodox churches involved. And he mentioned that uh, most major uh, mainline Orthodox churches have a month of prayer and fasting during November leading up to Nativity, um, but he's hoping they will come on board for the month of prayer and fasting. So he's contacting his fellow Orthodox church leaders to involve them. Um, so um, what the other important message is that it's flexible as to what it will mean for individual congregations and individual people. They may decide to put aside a day to pray, and, to pray and fast. They may decide to pray and fast every day or for part of the day. So it's very flexible how individual churches and individual Christians across the nation approach it. It is a month of prayer and fasting, but just how individuals approach that is entirely over to them. I must say I'm encouraged that the Orthodox churches are going to be involved. In my experience, nobody prays with fervor like the Orthodox. Uh, yet those Orthodox uh, Christians, uh, in a time of prayer, it is just moving. one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. Let's take a call. Jonathan is in Perth in WA. Hello, Jonathan. Welcome along. Yes. You know, uh, as I was listening to James, he emphasized the words which are called a Trinitarian statement. He said, fight, fight, and I say fight. You know, he used our word three times. We indicate it's very serious to him. And so what I'm saying is, Bible says, watch and pray that he enter not into temptation. I say pray without ceasing. So if we were, a vision will help this nation to advertise prayer in this nation. Because sometimes we, we sit down until the wall at the door before we, we take our arm to fight. It's too late. So we should fight with every... The enemy is not sleeping. He's always busy. So as our church, as a church, we should always be in prayer. Not only yes. time like this before we pray. 
Jonathan, good thoughts. Uh, fight, fight, fight. Your response, James, because uh, Christians, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. There's a different way that we fight. It's not with intimidation and threats. Uh, what do you mean by fights and uh, your response to Jonathan? Yeah, Jonathan, thank you for what you shared there. Many years ago, I remember preaching a sermon, answering your own prayers. And... Uh, when the congregation saw the sermon title in the bulletin for the Sunday, they wondered what I was going to talk about. But I do believe strongly about that. And what I mean by that is, so I'll explain it, because it connects with what you're saying, um, we don't leave everything to God. We place our requests before God, but there are times when God is wanting us to take action. And when we take action, God gives the strength and the grace and the wisdom. God gives us indeed all we need to act on our prayer. So that's what I'm saying. We don't just pray and leave it all to God. We need to stand up and be counted and to fight. Yes. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. This is 2020 on Vision Christian Radio. Talking about a major prayer initiative, you might be hearing about it for the first time and that wouldn't be unusual because it is new. It's been called in this past week and it is for the month of October, the 1st of October through to the 31st of October and very pleased to be able to report that all of the major Christian denominations are intending to be a part of it. It is serious and the call is for every Christian believer to have a prayer strategy through the month of October. We're taking calls. Our special guest is James Condon, the retired commissioner of the Salvation Army Eastern Territory. Uh, James, let's hear, uh, let's, we need to be quick on these calls. Ruth in Queensland. Hello, Ruth. Welcome along. Yes, um, I'm just listening to the conversation. Um, you know, like, um, it's like the Lord, you know, he looked upon the lost house of Israel, which is, yes, the house of Israel, but sinners and unsaved. And he saw them as a sheep having no shepherd, and he had compassion. He was moved with compassion. And where is the heart of the problem in, in humans today? It's in the heart. It's sin. And all have fallen short of the glory of God. And we're called to love. We're called to reach out to Every human being, it doesn't matter. It's not pointing the finger at one person. Sin is sin with the Lord. And many people were brought to the house of God with cords of love. God said, I drew you with cords of love. Sin, any sin, according to the law of Moses, was worthy. Look at the Mosaic Lord. Not many of us, including the Gentile nation, would have come anywhere near to perfection it's what Jesus does. Jesus is capable of saving any sinner to the uttermost, whether they're a homosexual, whether they're a lesbian. Many of these people have been abused. A lot of people have, and it's not all the dirty, filthy, certain. Everyone is worthy of the salvation of Jesus Christ. And, and, and God will judge sin, yes. And we're, to, we're called to love and heal people. Ruth, wonderful thoughts in that, and I think every one of us would agree that we want the no side of the campaign uh, to approach the entire 
time in the lead up to a plebiscite with compassion and with humility and with a open arms uh, to people who need to be reconciled to God. Uh, Ruth, thanks so much for your insights. One more call. Let's hear from Chris in Victoria. Hi, Chris. Welcome along. Uh, welcome, Neil. I'm going to be a bit controversial. I'm going to say that you know, if Christians uh, shouldn't pray, if they don't want to, you know, if they want to go to the powder room to a powder puff Jesus, uh, we go to the war room to a God who's going to tread the winepress of wrath. Now, we always tell people what, how great our God is and what he can do, but we don't tell them what he will do to them if they don't repent. We don't say, you know, if you don't repent, these are the prayers. And one of the greatest things is like the persecuted church. I believe a lot of believers are actually accessories. We don't say to the you know the persecutors this is what god will do to you and you know when he does it that will redeem the suffering of our brothers and sisters in christ because the uh, you know these persecutors will know they have to change and repent otherwise this will come upon them yeah. so, chris i'm gonna have to cut you short but uh, good thoughts in there and and we are running very short of time and i would get your response james uh, those those comments are fairly self-explanatory let me come back to what we started talking about at the beginning of our conversation uh, this is a crisis it's a sobering time to be thinking about the approach to marriage and families uh, just in these last moments or two of our conversation, uh, reflect for us on just how serious it is for Christian believers to be involved in this prayer initiative. Yes, well, certainly uh, from where I sit and my observation, not just over recent months but over recent times, um, there is great concern for our nation and the direction it's taking in so many areas. I haven't had, we haven't talked this morning about safe schools and things like that, but. This, uh, I'm excited, as I said after yesterday's teleconference in particular, excited that we are on the verge of something great. The Lord promised, if my people will humble themselves and pray, and that's exactly what is happening. And never in the history of the nation has there been a time when so many people will be praying for something that is so important marriage and families. I meant to mention that on the teleconference yesterday, Warwick Marsh said, and they'd only put it up on their website, only emailed all their people associated with National Day in Prayer and Fasting uh, in the hours previous to the teleconference yesterday afternoon, and more than a 1,000 people had already signed up to pray. So this is exciting, and we watch in keen anticipation for what God is doing and going to do, remembering... Ephesians 3.20 is able to do more than we ask or imagine according to his power that's work within us. Well, it is an exciting time ahead. And if I were reflecting on some figures I heard in earlier conversations, uh, because while we're talking about all the major denominational Christian groups in Australia and uh, we're also talking about national prayer networks, Uh, The National Day of Prayer and Fasting Network, and if I reflect here, and I hope uh, my figures are right, something in the vicinity of 70,000 will be motivated and moved to prayer as a result of that. Then there's the Australian Prayer Network with uh, access to uh, something in the vicinity of 100,000 prayers in Australia. And uh, people can connect with those prayer networks as well because no doubt they'll find uh, inspiration in the sorts of things that will be happening through the month of October. Uh, James Condon is retired commissioner of the Salvation Army Eastern Territory. James, thanks so much for taking time to share your heartbeat with us today and uh, just an inspiration 
uh, thank you so much for being a part of the conversation today here on 2020. Thank you, Neil. Uh, great to have the opportunity to share with you and with listeners right across Australia. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.